This is the Main Money Show with Craig Dixon from The Investment Executives. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Craig Dixon provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Craig Dixon on The Main Money Show. Good morning, Maine. Welcome to The Main Money Show with me, Craig Dixon from Investment Executives. No show on the main money show would be complete without our fearless radio guide and friend, Mr. Tony Shore. Good morning, Tony. Oh, you scared me when you, you paused there. You said no show on main money show. And I I'm know. Like, I was uh-oh. trying to uh-oh. just messing with you. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's going on? I've been great. I, I've had a good week, a crazy week, spent a lot of time with the fam. How about you? What's going on over there? Crazy week here, as always. Go, 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 go. We're all over the place, all over the state. On the road all the time, Tony. You know that. (laughs) I know you meet with a lot of folks (laughs) uh, and you like to keep up with your clients and meet with new people all the time. And I know you've been meeting with people who call in from the radio show, setting up those complimentary consultations. And you've been able to help a lot of people maximize Social Security benefits, things like this. So uh, I'm looking forward to this show. What are we talking about on today's show? We're talking to living to age 100 and beyond. Oh, well, yeah. you should say that more like Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Living to age 100. To 100 and, and beyond. And yeah. beyond. <laughs> yes, you got to get the and beyond. Yeah. With an, it has an exclamation. Well, geez, beyond 100. <laughs> it does, sorry. Yeah. Living to age 100 and beyond. There you How's go. How's that? They're much better. All right. Much better. All Our right. listeners will enjoy that well, more. So what does that yeah. mean? Well, I, I, I wanted to thank all the listeners here for tuning in. I know we've had a number of people that have been calling us and reaching out to us. So that's been great. Um, you know, and, and for those that will catch our broadcast later on or on our podcast subscription through Google Play or iTunes, we'd like to say thanks and thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in each week or even sporadically if you're out there. But um, like I said, today we're talking about living to age 100 and beyond. Um, from vaccines to seatbelts to defibrillators and restaurants, humans are constantly finding new ways to stave off death, to stay alive as long as they can. Uh, that's our intention. We want to live as long as we can. At least most of us do. Yes. And the result is that lifespans are getting longer with more Americans hitting triple digits than ever before. And we're seeing a lot of centurions. So it's pretty interesting, pretty incredible that we can push our our lives that long, even beyond 100. But according to a report from the Centers for Disease Control, the number of Americans to hit 100 rose 43 percent from 2000 to 2014. Wow! But um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. But the uh, the potential for a long life also means considering, you know, a, a big question when putting together a financial plan. So, you know, what sort of resources are you going to need in in if you're among those people to experience this sort of longevity. So if you're living longer, what are you going to need to continue through that lifestyle? And what kind of retirement plan can get you to a age 100 and beyond? What can get you there financially? And we're just talking strictly uh, your financial planning. But how do you get to retirement and how do you get through retirement if you are living to 100? 
Yeah, those are good questions. And so let's talk about that. I like this subject, living for a long time. Obviously, that's a good thing. And as you pointed out, people are really living longer nowadays. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think you're going to tell us you found the fountain of youth, <laughs> right, Greg? Uh, but well, if if I did, Tony, I wouldn't tell you. Oh, I know that's not <laughs> true. You'd share it with me at least, maybe. You're going to live to a hundred anyway. A guy as funny as you and laid back, and <laughs> that's the secret to longevity: purpose and yeah. humor, and yeah. yeah. So, but what happens to our finances if we live 30 or 40 years in retirement? I mean, you've talked about in the past that one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have is outliving their money. So what's the plan? Yeah, that's true. That is a big fear. But, um, you know, as always, it, it depends on the person. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on six strategies essential to helping make re- uh, your retirement income plan last to age of 100 and beyond. So strategy number one You'll love this one, Tony. I know you will. Plan on working longer. <laughs> well, working <laughs> longer, that doesn't that doesn't sound as exciting as living longer. Nah, it, well, it might not be exciting, but it is something we, you know, we might have to face or at least plan for or, you know, anticipate and, and be prepared to do that if you need to. But let's say, you, for example, you start working at 25, stop at 65 and live till 95. That's That's 40 years in the workforce and 30 in retirement. So you do the math. It works out to 1.3 years working to support a a, a one year of retirement. So, you know, some are going to have a really hard time pulling that off. But in other shows, we talked about the lack of saving by many people approaching retirement. They're going to struggle to support themselves for 20 years, 30 years or, or more might not be in the cards for them that just might not be possible and they might run out of money. So um, something to consider there, but continuing to work isn't as easy as just saying you want to continue to work. You know, today many people retire earlier than they expected to and not always by choice either health issues, um, employment or employer changes. You could be, we talked about this in one show, taking care of aging parents. There's a lot of reasons people exit the workforce earlier than they planned and maintaining an income stream is going to require a different way of thinking about work, perhaps cycling in and out of the workforce, uh, carving out maybe uh, a part-time arrangement or consulting agreement with a former employer or or hanging out a shingle in front of your own home and specializing in something that you have an expertise in. But some ideas for part-time income for seniors in retirement also include being like a tutor. That's a good one a uh, virtual uh, customer service representative. We see that happening a lot these days with uh, how many people are online. Uh, A pet sitter, which is relatively easy. You could hang a shingle for that. A pet sitter, pet walker, or even a blogger. There are people out there that are doing blogs that are making money through selling retirements through through their blog. So there's a number of ways to make money. But in other words, What's going to happen, Tony, is it's it's going to take forethought and planning. And living to 100 is not necessarily a big bonus of extra free time. You are going to have to, you know, succeed through that in your real world life. So it's not just a, a number that you're looking to hit and it's all fairy tales. So got to be prepared. Uh, so what you're telling us is that we need to build an income plan around this assumption that we're going to live a long time. So uh, I guess it can get more pointed and uncomfortable, right? The opposite question. Yeah, it can. And and when doing a retirement planning calculation like the one we do with our compass report, one of the essential inputs is how long you think you'll live. And I know that 
I know that's kind of like a yeah, it's a tough one. Really, yeah. I mean, how do you do that? You just got to go based on your family's experience and how long they've lived, and you know your genetics, and hopefully you pinpoint it within a few years. But um, I guess the biggest thing is you want to you want to say. <laughs> To be blunt about it is at what age do you think you'll die? And it isn't a pleasant question to consider, but it's important. And I ask a lot of my clients that question, how long you think you'll live? And it's just tough. It's just you don't want to think about your mortality. But, um, you know, your assumed life expectancy will have a significant impact on how much money the calculation will determine you need to invest each month right now in order to have enough to cover your expenses for the rest of your life. So however long that that is that you expect. But, um, you know. I guess life expectancy also drives our social security maximization, maximization strategy and timing on, on when to take your social security benefit in order to maximize that income stream over your lifetime. So if you, you know, if you choose a life expectancy of 80, the calculation will come up with a much smaller monthly investment amount than if you choose obviously age 90 or greater. But if, if you live longer than 80, you may run out of money. So what do you do? You know, Unless you have a serious medical condition or a family history of short lives, you should assume you'll live longer. And that's the best best scenario for anybody out there. And a good conservative plan, obviously, that's valuable. If you end up with more money than you need, that'll be far better, um, you know, than ending up with too little. And, you know, worst case scenario, you leave a couple million to your kids. Right, Tony? <laughs> right. Or to me. I mean, if somebody is out there wondering yeah. what to do with it. I could. Yeah, I could leave it to you. Yeah, you you know the correct spelling yeah. of my name. You know, Anthony Shore. I do, and I have your social and date of birth. So <laughs> I'm good. sure you do. Well, <laughs> now, uh, you're saying maybe some of us will have to work a little longer. Uh, what's the next strategy? Is it better news? Well, strategy number two, I don't know if it's better news, but um, could be. Hopefully it is. We talk about a purpose-driven life, but plan on working more purposefully. So... That doesn't mean it has to be a, a, a slog or drudgery. You know, according to Tim Moore, author of Simple Money, a no-nonsense guide to personal finance, when given a choice between saving more aggressively to afford a long retirement or working longer, he's a fan of working longer. And as long as you are working at something you love, that's a good thing. And it, and it can be that purpose-driven life. So this is what younger generations are already expecting, especially many millennials. They're expecting to... Uh, to work much longer than their predecessors, if you will. Um, people today are keenly interested in finding work that they enjoy and could do indefinitely. And one popular author, um, uh, Ron Blue, takes a look at retirement from a biblical perspective and not to get preachy on you, Tony, but he claims there is no such thing as retirement. We never stop doing stuff. So we may change what we do after a certain age, but we will still contribute. He calls it rehirement. So you're just transitioning from one thing to another and hopefully you're staying engaged in life and in some purpose that you're, uh, you're working towards. So, and actually, if you think about it, you know, this is healthy, not just from a financial perspective, but from a medical one, the author proposes that, you know, we're not wired for endless retirement. We are wired to be doers, to be task oriented people, people that accomplish things and get things done. And medical professionals say that's better in terms of, um, warding off things like dementia, Alzheimer's and other physical ailments. So, you know, kind of like the old adage goes, if you don't use it, you lose it scenario. So you want to continue to work and use your body and use your mind and keep those things engaged and active and have some purpose as you're working through retirement and going for the goal of 100. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I like the term rehirement. 
Um, you yeah, need I to, like that too. Yeah, I, I like that. Now, we're almost out of time for this first segment. Is there anything else you want to add before we take a quick break? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, talking about retirement and living a long time feels good sometimes. Sometimes it feels bad, I guess. Some people aren't keen on the idea of making it to 100. They think it's going to be horrible, but there are a lot of people out there that are working to have longer lives. And there are some practical issues you need to address to ensure you have the retirement you desire with those extra years. So whether you don't have a plan or or you want a second opinion on a plan you have in place, um, our team here at Investment Executives, we're ready to work with you during this process. So for our radio listeners today, you can call us at 855-MAKE-SENSE. That's sense with an S. Or you visit our website, theinvestmentexecutives.com. Click on the radio tab to receive our complimentary retirement income toolkit. That'll take you right to the... Uh, Main Money Show website, or you can go to the mainmoneyshow.com and we'll set you up with the foundation to our retirement income toolkit. It's broken down into four sections, like we always talk about it's income planning, uh, asset allocation, there is tax planning, and, and then there's also legacy planning, which will be the money that we have left over once we pass away at 120. <laughs> but as you, uh, as you use the tools, you know, just remember everyone can use a little help. Uh, from a financial professional while planning their retirement. You don't have to approach it alone. Even as financial advisors, oftentimes use other financial advisors to kind of work with. It's like a dentist working on his own teeth. He can't, he can't do it. Sometimes an outside opinion is really nice and get a different angle at things. So, But as part of this offer, just call us 855-625-3736. We'll set you up with a complimentary one-hour uh, review of what you have. Or if you don't have anything in place, we'll get you started. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call the investment executives. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-MAKE-SENSE or visit us at theinvestmentexecutives.com. Welcome back to The Main Money Show with me, Craig Dixon from Investment Executives. In the studio with me today is co-host Tony Shore. And this week we're talking about living to age 100 and beyond, as Tony told me to do. I like it. Like like Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah. Um, in the first segment of the show, uh, let's see, we began uh, discussing some of the strategies you need to consider when planning for a long life, including working longer. We talked about that one, working more purposefully. Um, those were the two that we talked about, and that was the brief recap for you. Well, thanks for that. Uh, what's the third strategy on our journey then toward living to age 100? Um, know your employer benefits. So while we're on the subject of work, it's also important to consider how much and how quickly the working world is morphing around us. So the idea of of uh, working at one company or industry and staying there a long time, that's becoming more rare and and pretty much over. People are constantly looking or they might have their resume out there looking for a, a new job, a better job, a, a more satisfying job. It's not always money that people switch jobs for, but the trend is people are going to have to, uh, you know, move from one job to the other. It's not just having one job, but also different types of jobs and different employer situations and relationships. Well, employer retirement plans, they've changed a lot over the past 20 to 30 years and, and typically not for the better, right? Yeah. I, well, I'm not entirely sure about that, Tony. I don't know. The, I guess the days of working for a single employer for your entire working career, receiving the gold watch at your retirement party and 
and, and getting that pension for life, th- those are nearly gone. So I guess in that regard, it's, it's not as good. You're not as stable. You're not as set in stone, but sure. it's also a good thing that you get out there and you get to experience other employees, other jobs, other people. That's a good thing. Other opportunities for their retirement plan. So um, they're not all the same. There are many that are different. And even if you happen to work for an employer that still offers a pension, there are still significant decisions to be made at retirement. So, you know, is there a survivor benefit provision? Um, you know, should you take the pension or should you take a lump sum in lieu of the lifetime income stream? How solid and well-funded is the employer pension plan? A lot of people don't think about that. They think about that it's a pension. I'm going to get paid forever and it's never going to go away. But that's not the truth of the matter is that some pensions do fail. And when you're working with, you know, for a traditional employer, particularly a large one, chances are you'll have a 401k or other work-based retirement plan. And a lot of times they have an employer match, which is a no-brainer. You should be doing that if they have that match. And when you're an independent contractor, the onus is on your, on you, obviously, to open a retirement account, perhaps a, like a SEP or a simple IRA or something like that, and fund it on a regular basis, obviously, through the income that you're earning through your company. Um, but as you, I guess, if, I guess as you cycle in and out of different work scenarios, it's up to you to keep tabs on whether you're saving enough, whether your assets in all your plans combined, take it all aggregately. And are they appropriately allocated for one and how you're progressing toward your goals too, you know, to see if you are saving enough to get you through that 30 years of potential retirement. And if this is something that you feel comfortable doing yourself, a yearly fiscal physical, yes, I said that tongue twister fiscal physical Good job. with a financial advisor can help. Yeah. I like that Thank fiscal you. physical. Back, You're onto something there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I know that working with a financial advisor is a great idea, but some of our listeners might be skeptical. Uh, how do they know that hiring a financial advisor like yourself is going to be worth the money? Well, I got to say, sometimes you have to go into fiscal therapy before you go into fiscal physical activity. Wow. So you got to get your mind right about it. Sure. Ah, you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, you didn't sound like you really like that. Oh, I'm just uh, no, but sometimes you're blowing you, me away. <laughs> I know. You got to you got to get your mind right. So that's why I say fiscal therapy. You got to you got to know that you need help, right? When you when you're uh, talking about counseling or something like that, you have to know that you need help first of all. So you got to know that you need help with your finances. There are a lot of people that'll be like, ah, I don't need that, or oh, financial advisor is not going to help me. And you know, you ask how you know if it's worth the money. Well. You have to actually attempt to do it, go through the process and give it a few years to see if it is worth the money, to see if it is helping you. And there's nothing nothing saying you can't get a financial advisor and fire that financial advisor or nothing saying you can't get a financial advisor and switch to another. I mean, if you're not happy, you can definitely move. You can definitely go back to, you know, working on it yourself. But I guess among the most common questions I hear as a financial advisor is, you know, why on earth should I hire you when I can manage my own money, right? I have a 401k and if I want to make other investments, there's a ton of information and advice available on the internet. And that's true. I totally understand, you know, that option out there. And I totally understand the question. But Vanguard, one of the world's largest investment companies, has been examining this question for 15 years. And uh, based on their research, analysis and testing, Vanguard has concluded that, yes, there is quantifiable increase in return from working with a financial advisor and vanguard calls this advantage the advisor's alpha so you know when when certain best practices are followed the result can be an alpha in the three percent per year range so that's quite a significant difference and a separate study by russell investments a large money management firm came to a similar conclusion and they said 
that a, a good financial advisor can increase investor returns by 3.775%. So if you're, you know, three to 4% or three to 3.75, that's a, that's quite a hike over a long haul. You know, that could be quite a significant return. Oh on your yeah. Investment. That's and, huge. And, and it means putting less money in to reach your goal. I mean, if people are worried about how much money they can actually put in and still afford to live. so Yeah, that that research is impressive. And, and I know just from personal experience and experience of others, uh, it does make a difference working with a financial advisor. But there are probably still a number of folks out there that are just diehard do-it-yourselfers, right? Yeah, not everyone, you know, they not everyone wants or needs a financial advisor, I guess, but about one quarter of private investors are truly self-directed, according to uh, Vanguard again. And these people truly enjoy investing. They follow the markets and enjoy creating and doing financial projections. I guess perhaps most importantly, these investors have a level of discipline that prevents their emotions from interfering with their long-term investment strategy. So given that three quarters of us aren't self-directed when it comes to money, it's good to know that there is help available that can really pay off in the right circumstances. And Vanguard says, you know, there are um, several ways in which a financial advisor can add value to your investment efforts. So among these benefits are uh, guidance on developing an overall investment strategy. They're looking at asset allocation, minimizing taxes, doing rebalancing and how to structure, you know, time withdrawals from your retirement accounts. And each of these services Obviously, they can uh, incrementally boost a client's returns, sometimes steadily, sometimes sporadically. So you might see a hit or miss uh, in particular years with your advisor. But the the single biggest way a financial advisor can add value up to 1.5% per year of increased annual returns is through <clears throat> something called behavioral coaching. And as every good poker player knows, scared money doesn't make money. So it's all about emotions and going back to the person who truly is self-directed. They take the fear out of it. They get rid of their emotions entirely and and go based on the facts and what's really evident about each particular company they're investing in or, or each particular mutual fund. And, um, you know, the best financial advisors are able to keep their clients' fears and emotions in check by providing steady, fact-based advice and reassurance when the markets get wobbly or crazy. So they're not just feeding them feeding them stuff that's that's not legitimate. It's real stuff that they can rely on and keep their emotions in check. And the Russell study also identified this as the single largest benefit of working with a financial advisor. So having somebody to kind of talk you off the ledge, so to speak. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of this function. A Vanguard study of more than 58,000 self-directed IRAs showed that investors who made material changes to their um, strategy even once, even once in the five-year period from 2008 through 2012 suffered an 8% plus hit to performance. So a wow. Morningstar study, yeah, a Morningstar study showed also that uh, investors often receive far lower returns than the very funds they invest in. So the reason they run to funds after they've done well and ditch other funds right before they take off. So in other words, they sell low and buy high, right? Mm, not good. Buy, buy low and sell high, just the opposite. And an advisor can prevent such counterproductive behaviors if they keep you in check. Yeah, I mean, that's huge and it makes sense. So what's the next strategy? Well, number four, if you're keeping notes, is save as much as you can when you can. And I know that sounds like uh, Captain Obvious there, Tony, but yeah. uh, it is really something that people don't think about. But by now, you're you're likely familiar with the common advice to save 15% of your income every year to fund your retirement needs. And maybe some of us heard 
uh, 10%, which is great. Um, you know, you just got to do what you can as much as you can. So that amount, you know, obviously can include matching dollars from your uh, work plan. If you have a 401k that has a match, but what happens, um, you know, you know, if you have like a unexpected medical bill or, um, both your kids get into their ex- expensive dream colleges or something like that, you know, that can really throw things off, but saving as much as you can, when you can protect, particularly in your younger years when saving is, well, hopefully somewhat easier, but in those years when you're less likely to be shelling out big child related expenses, consider stretching to save 20% or even 25% if you can. Um, a double income, no children household, that's a time when ramping up the savings can have a long-term significant benefit, obviously. So you can pull back the savings rate when you got kids around gobbling up your, uh, your hard earned dollars or getting their teeth straightened or getting sick year over year. But, sure. you know, be sure to be sure you jack it back up once the nest is empty and you really hit it hard. And I think I have a few clients actually that hit it amazingly hard. Um, now that their kids are out of the house, the kids are out of college on their own. They're just really putting a lot into their retirement plan. So they're doing a little bit of catch up. So you also have that option too, but you definitely want to like, like I said, number four, save as much as you can when you can. Yeah. Good point. I think that's great advice. So what's the next strategy, Craig, on our road to age 100 then? Well, this is the, uh, this is the part where the fountain of youth comes in. So you might want to turn off your headset, Tony, (laughs) so you don't hear this, but, uh, strategy number five, invest in your health. And, uh, I know I have a lot of research documentation here, but, uh, according to, um, the Fidelity Investments 2017 retiree healthcare cost estimate, a 65 year old couple should plan on spending 275,000 in unreimbursed healthcare over their lifetimes, a figure that doesn't include, um, long-term care or nursing home costs. So that's a 6% jump from the 2016 number. And I believe that's going to continue to increase. Sure. Yeah, the, the increase is largely attributable to higher Medicare premiums, uh, co-pays, deductibles, obviously prescription drug costs. We're seeing those go up all the time. But other studies um, we've seen put the out of, out-of-pocket costs as high as 400000 So if, oh. if you're range, yeah, if you're ranging between 275000 and 400000 obviously you've got to prepare for that. So that's a big reason why investing in your health is one of the pillars of a retirement plan that's built to go the distance so you don't have to pay as much for that stuff. But um, I guess one way to invest in your health is by making a regular contribution to a health savings account. Uh, people out there, you probably heard HSA, not sure exactly what it meant. Well, that's what it means, health savings account. And that's if you're eligible for one. Uh, another is to ensure you stay healthy. So um, eating well, exercising, all that stuff, all the stuff your doctor says, that's just commonplace. That's what you should be doing. But chronic diseases, for the record, account for 84% of healthcare expenditures. That's a lot of money to be able to plow back into your retirement plans if you if you keep yourself healthy. Sure. Well, we've covered a lot of good information today. Uh, we have one more strategy for living to age 100 and beyond. So what is that? Hope for the best, ensure for the worst. So, you know, hope is a wonderful thing, but it's not a financial strategy. Obviously, it helps to be aware of your options for paying for at home or nursing long-term care um, if it becomes necessary. But traditional long-term care insurance that's one option, but it's both pricey and harder to qualify for once you pass your, you know, 50s and start creeping into your 60s. But the long-term care insurance market, it's been under a lot of financial stress lately due to the companies underestimating the amount of benefits that they would have to pay under these policies. So if you have an old long-term care policy, don't get rid of it. <laughs> Chances are it's a good one. And only a handful of companies now offer policies to 
new clients where there are hundreds of companies only a few years ago. So they're getting out because they underestimated their actuaries didn't figure it out right. People are living longer. People are, you know, creeping up on a hundred and they're just paying out a lot of money. So remember, if you have an old long-term care policy, keep it. So many current policyholders, you know, have been seeing large premium increases, forcing them to either reduce benefits to keep the premium affordable or canceling the policy because it no longer fits into their retirement budget. But if you can hang on to that thing and there are, there are two less expensive, newer options to consider if you have gotten rid of one or you don't have one. And a deferred annuity, also sometimes referred to as a longevity insurance that you purchase in your 50s to 60s usually, but don't draw on until your later years. And the money has so much time to grow that the benefit can be significant. Or you could do something like uh, hybrid life insurance policy where the death benefit can be drawn upon to pay for long-term care if you need it. So. Sure. You know, both those options are available. Talk to us about those. And um, if you have an old long-term care policy, you want to dust it off and bring it into us, we can take a look at that too. All right. Well, hey, we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything you want to add before we go? Yeah, I'm hoping that everybody got something out of the today's show. And if you're worried about living to 100 and not having enough money, you know, be sure to give us a buzz, 855-625-3736. You can visit our website, theinvestmentexecutives.com, or you can go to themainmoneyshow.com. And as always, part of our offer, we'll uh, give you a one-hour um, complimentary consultation to get you started in the right direction or finishing in the right direction. But be sure to give us a call, 855-625-3736. Thanks, Tony. All right. That does it for today's episode of The Main Money Show with our host, Craig Dixon. Thank you for listening to The Main Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Craig Dixon at The Investment Executives. Call 855-MAKE-SENSE or visit their website at theinvestmentexecutives.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.